the sun sets on the regular season, the postseason is here. Swinging fly to left. This should do it. Yelich is there. It's over. And the Brewers are Central Division champions. This is Brew October Nightly, presented by NX Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive, Town Bank, a Wintrust Community Bank. Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan. And now, here's your host for the most on the Brewers postseason, Matt Foley. Here we go on a Monday. We're going to be with you a lot, and hopefully we're going to be with you for a very long time. The longer we are with you on an everyday basis, that means the longer the Brewers are playing. We're looking for a deep playoff run. My name is Matt Pauley, Greg Matzik, Brian D. here as well. A cast of characters that will be with you on a nightly basis here from 6 o'clock to uh, 7 o'clock. Fellas, the regular season, it finally came to an end yesterday. It was a slow finish uh, for the Brewers after they were able to clinch the division. But thankfully, the regular season is over, and now we're able to uh, completely shift our focus and all of our attention to the upcoming postseason, which will begin on Friday afternoon. I'm just glad Brian D. has both his nipples and all of his toenails, because he ran a marathon <laughs> yesterday, and I know things can happen when you do that kind of stuff, but he looks intact and ready to rock. I appreciate that, man. I feel good. You know, the best part of running a marathon is I am in what can only be described as a caloric hellhole right now, so I am eating everything i am like i've been i had a burrito and a chocolate chip cookie for breakfast at 7 a.m this morning so i'm locked and loaded and ready to go to talk some brewers baseball he's playoff ready matt is what he's saying did you throw some egg on the burrito just to make it breakfast here did you just go all in i don't care no it was a breakfast burrito so there was some scrambled egg in there but i don't have nearly close to the best egg performance uh in this (laughs) building today I don't know what, uh, if you guys saw what former Packer, Packers Hall of Famer Mark Chamorro did on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy on ESPN Milwaukee this morning. He lost a bet because he thought, we're talking Brewers here, but he thought the Steelers were going to beat the Packers yesterday. And as a result of losing that bet, he drank six raw eggs live on the oh, air God. on ESPN Ugh. Milwaukee this morning. I watched it live. Jeez. It was disgusting. Uh, that was harder than anything I did yesterday, including running 26.2 miles, was watching Chewy chug six, egg, six eggs. So I think he's feeling worse than I am, but we're all feeling good, ready to talk some crew. Yeah, that's not a studio game we're playing, Matt. So no. it's uh, no. <laughs> all safe. To- I got water in my jug. That's about it. We're good. <laughs> yeah, if you if you drop that on me, I'll say uh, thanks for uh, inviting me to do this, but uh, I will let you guys finish things off. No, uh, no drinking rugs. By the way, the breaking news of the day, and I think, look, the Brewers were not going to play a primetime game on Friday. The worry was that they were going to have that super early afternoon start. They don't get that. They instead are going to uh, have a 337 first pitch on Friday, and then Saturday will be a 407 first pitch. Guys, I think this is about as good as you could have expected, considering the market sizes involved here with Milwaukee and Atlanta. I'll take the 337 on Friday. I prefer the 337, to be honest with you. I love always sports at weird times. I loved, like, early, you guys remember early in the pandemic where the only sport being played was 
KBO Baseball, like the Korea Baseball Organization. <laughs> yeah. Those games were on. The cardboard cutouts yeah. in the stands. Like Eric Thames was having his home run song played. It was phenomenal. Um, and those games were on at like 5 o'clock in the morning during Wisconsin's Morning News with Gene Miller, Jane Matinair, and myself. So I'm always on board with sports being played at weird times. That's why I love the Olympics because you get like track and field at 6 a.m., Matinee baseball on a Friday is going to be awesome in this city. Friday, everybody may as well just take off from work right now and start cooking brats and getting things organized for the tailgate on Friday morning at like 8 a.m. I know our state and our city are going to show out for that. I like it. And, you know, with the way it gets started here, with the wild card, I, this schedule is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, We were all kind of rooting for chaos, I, I think, and I, today would have been fun to watch some 163 while we're doing this show, but... Matt, I'm still looking at this saying it is going to be chaotic with the wild cards. I mean, you talk about two of the powerhouses in baseball history with the Red Sox and Yankees, and you spill into it being the hottest team in all of baseball, the Cardinals, against a a team with 106 wins that has to settle for the wild card and the Dodgers. It's about as good as it gets from a wild card perspective. Well, Red Sox, Yankees, Cardinals, Dodgers, the four teams involved in wild card games, tell me that Major League Baseball did not... uh, do something to uh, to try to make that happen because you talk about Red Sox, Yankees being historic franchises. You add in the Cardinals and the Dodgers, and there there's four of it's it's hard to find anybody else to put on that list when you talk about all time franchises in Major League Baseball. Well, it's pretty remarkable when you look at th- those two matchups, right? So the Red Sox and Yankees played each other 19 times this year, 19 times, and that was not enough to decide who was actually going to make the playoffs. They need 20 to figure that out. And then you look at the NL side of things. What did the Dodgers win this year? 106 games and their season could be over in one night with one bad performance. That is why Major League Baseball created these games. And you're right, Matt. I'm sure they love these matchups because it doesn't matter if you're from Milwaukee or Miami or Kansas City or wherever. You're going to tune in to watch Yankees Red Sox and Dodgers-St. Louis, but the drama inherently in these two matchups is really cool, too. So do you have a rooting interest? Like, it, like as you guys watch these games, I, I always try and play a game, and it's foolish, but I like to do it. It's called Pick Your Path. Mm-hmm. Let's pick the Brewers' path to the World Series and a World Series title. It obviously starts with the Braves, but are you watching Cardinals-Dodgers saying, God, give me the 106-win team because the Brewers can't seem to figure out the Cardinals of late? 100%. Or, or is it, no, I want... I want payback for all the times the Cardinals have disrupted the Brewers' World Series hopes and dreams. Forget about the Dodgers. Something gives me like a sick stomach. I, I, I feel like I want a ginger ale whenever I hear the Cardinals in October. So as, as crazy as it sounds, I think I would rather have the Dodgers win and get in. And I get that. They're a 100-plus win team. You don't want to run into them. Oh, by the way, they bounced the Brewers in a Game 7 three years ago on their home field, right? So like, th- And defending World Series champions, I should bring up. Um, so it's one of those situations where it sounds crazy, but the, like the Cardinals just give me heebie-jeebies as a Brewers fan this time of year. I don't want to see them. I don't want to touch them with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, three days ago, I probably would have said, I still would rather see the Cardinals because I don't think they're as good of a team. And at the end of the day, talent is going to win out. And I understand exactly what you're saying, Brian. Uh, but now you look at this Dodgers team. The Brewers took a bite out of the Dodgers over the last three days, not from a win-loss perspective, but they lost Clayton Kershaw, and we'll see what happens with Max Muncy, but that did not look good either. The Dodgers minus Kershaw and Muncy look a whole lot different than who they look like even just 72 hours ago. So honestly, I probably would rather see the Dodgers, but I still, I've still i been saying this for a while. 
the, the, the best path for the Brewers to get to the World Series is to face off against the Giants after mm-hmm. if they can beat the Braves in the first round. The Braves aren't going to be easy to beat. That's a good Braves team. They've got good pitching. They've been on a roll here recently. Uh, but if they do get past the Braves, I think all Brewers fans would be happy to see the Giants as opposed to the Cardinals or the Dodgers. Why is it always the Cardinals? It always I, is. I get so freaking sick of the Cardinals. and I, At some point, I think I may just have to tip my hat. But of course... It's the Cardinals. It, it, it's always the Cardinals. And they were dead in the water in the middle of the season, right? Like, they, they were injury plague. They were around 500. And then September happened. And they go on this scorching hot streak, winning 17 in a row before ultimately losing a game, right? Nobody does that. And it, it creates an interesting conversation, Matt, about... Hot teams versus cold teams heading into the playoffs. The Cardinals are scorching hot, hotter than almost anybody. And then you've got the Brewers, who sort of by design only won four of their last 14 games and don't seem concerned one bit about the fact that they went on a bit of a losing stretch down the uh, down the end of the season. Yeah, and we're really going to get into that coming up in just a few moments because I want to dive into the numbers. It's something that a lot of Brewers fans are really concerned about. I don't know what you guys thought, and if you heard Craig Council, I thought, I don't want to say uh, adversarial, but to me it almost felt like Council, when speaking with the media after the game yesterday, was was a little bit annoyed about the fact that people were having these conversations about how much these games matter or don't matter down the stretch of the season. To me, it felt like this was a complete non-starter for him, and his thoughts and his philosophy was, get your team healthy, don't don't like try to lose games, but you don't have to. Winning doesn't have to be the number one thing either. Once you have that division clinched, annoyance, Matt. Did you, did you detect any annoyance in this? It's a result of, of us clinching the division with a week to go in the season. So let's not complain about a week where we had baseball games where we already knew we were going to the playoffs. I mean, I guess you guys can if you want. I, I don't understand. It. That's the perfect word, Matt. Annoyance. He seemed annoyed. <laughs> yeah, Very much annoyed. It's... It's so fun. Like the 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 end of the regular season, as you get ready for the postseason, is supposed to be a moment of celebration. Even if you lose, it's supposed to be a moment of celebration. Celebration. You you survive the 162 game schedule. Your division champion. Three four days from now, you're going to be opening up the postseason, and that's what we got yesterday in, in post game. It was pretty. I thought it was kind of funny to be honest with you. Maybe he's just annoyed that we're always second guessing him, regardless of his approach. And he's been incredible as the Brewers manager. Right, like three years ago when he was doing the initial outgetter thing, we were all like, "Craig, don't you think maybe you should like try and get a guy that can go six innings?" He's like, "No, we're gonna throw Wade Miley for one out. (laughs) It's gonna be awesome," and it worked. Uh, And now it's like, uh, "Hey, Craig, uh, don't you think you should play some of your all-star pitchers for more than two innings, like Corbin Burns went on Saturday night?" He's just like, he, he. I bet he feels like he can't win with us, with the fan base, despite the fact that he's taken this franchise to the Brewer to the playoffs four seasons. Seasons in a row, despite the fact they won the division, despite the fact they won 95 freaking baseball games, I bet he feels like he can't. But win. Th- those other seasons, though, I, each of the previous three playoff seasons, I mean, it's come down to the wire. Yeah, right. There's there's no choice. I mean, you you had to play everybody. Yeah. Just, especially in 2018 with that game 163. That was a, just an incredible month of September, and it was just new territory. So there was nothing for any of us to look back on. Like what what is the fine line? How do you thread the needle of keeping guys sharp, while also making sure everybody is healthy. Because Brandon Woodruff's never pitched this many innings before. No. Same with Freddie. Corbin threw a couple innings, and I think he'll be your Game 1 starter and maybe your Cy Young Award winner. 
But that's, Matt, that's just not the easiest needle to thread, and we don't really have any recent history to look back on. Yeah, it's a great point, Greg. It's kind of funny when you think about it because Council is the most tenured manager in the National League. He is considered one of the best, and I think he. you get outside of Milwaukee and there is zero argument in how, how good of a manager he is. Outside of, uh, uh, from a national standpoint, he absolutely is viewed as being one of the best managers in baseball. There's not a lot of things for a guy who just keeps getting this team to the postseason. There's not a lot of things that he's never experienced, but you're right. As a manager, and as still a relatively young manager, even though he is he has the longest tenure of all National League managers, this is new for him. He he has never managed a team with this kind of lead down the stretch of the season. And it's new for everybody, too, given what Major League Baseball went through last year. right? Like Nobody knows how to manage their pitching staff or their roster coming out of a truncated 60-game season, right, Matt? Like that's, I, I think if there's silver lining for Brewers fans, for Craig Council, for the team, for everybody across Major League Baseball, is that everybody that is still left standing, the 10 teams that are still upright at this point, everybody's going through the same thing, which is we don't really know how to chart the waters through this because of what happened last year. So everybody's just going with their gut and trusting the guys that they have in their clubhouse, and that's got to be good enough for us and the people in that clubhouse for Craig Council. So I threw it up on on my Twitter. So just asking Brewers fans, like, where are you at here? You Cardinals, Dodgers, do you have a rooting interest? Uh, Most of the responses uh, contain language that I'm not able to relay on the radio involving the Cardinals and uh, personal beliefs of where the Cardinals belong. Uh, but it, it also points out that it, recent history, well, L.A. had the Brewers' number. History, just more globally, that the Cardinals have had the Brewers' number. So satisfying would be a series against the Giants, Matt, per your point earlier. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 855-616-1620, that is the uh, AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line if you do want to call into the program or text in the program. We're going to touch on this. Uh, this is the number one storyline, the number one narrative right now when it comes to this Brewers team. Will the slow finish to the regular season have any impact on the postseason? We'll get into it next. It is Brew October Nightly. This is Brew October Nightly. Presented by NX Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive, Town Bank, a Wintrust Community Bank, Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan. Wealth Management is a proud sponsor of Brew October. It's time to know the difference. If you're ready to put things in order, so are they. Annex Wealth Management provides investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning as a local independent partner. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. A brand new program here as we will be coming your way uh, every night from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock on some assortment of stations. WTMJ, 94.5 ESPN, also on uh, The Truth. And uh, if there are things going on on some of these stations on some nights, we might not be on all three, but uh, you can generally find us somewhere, somehow, some way, 6 o'clock to uh, 7 o'clock weeknights uh, during the duration of the Brewers' playoff run, which will begin on Friday. I'm Matt Pauley, Greg Matzik, Brian D. here as well, and guys, there's, um, there is nothing more polarizing right now than the continual argument about whether or not a hot team plays better in the postseason, a cold team doesn't. If you can flip the switch, whatever cliche you want to use, there is statistical data out there that really proves out 
that there is no correlation between how you finish out the season and how you do in the postseason. There's a, a hot team can go go well or not go well. A cold team can really pick things up or just continue to play poorly in the postseason. It's really tough to find that correlation anywhere. But at the same time, I think it's fair to say you feel from a human emotional standpoint, there's some comfort in watching your team that's about to go in the postseason play better baseball down the stretch than the Brewers. I, I always say wins are better than the alternative. Sure. <laughs> However you get them, they're better than the alternative. So, no, I don't like seeing losing in the in spring training. Like just at any point, right, you'd like to see a win. You know, I also believe in emotion and the uplift you get from playing in your home field and in the playoffs and this, this bit of separation between the regular season and the postseason, where I think all that stuff just sort of gets washed away. Uh, clearly, the series for the Dodgers meant everything. And they couldn't catch the Giants because they played really well, too, over the mm-hmm. weekend. But, you know, different mindsets, I think, going into that series. If you had the Brewers stumbled against the Mets, maybe I'd be a little bit more concerned. But are you concerned that Corbin Burns isn't going to be sharp in Game 1 or Woodruff's not going to be sharp in Game 2? I, it's, I, I'm not. I, I'm just not. So wins are better than the alternative, but I'm not concerned about how they performed losing 7-10. to It's not just the Dodgers series either, guys. I mean, you look at the teams the Brewers played down the stretch. They all had things to play for after the Brewers had clinched their postseason berth, right? So the Brewers clinched against the Cubs, uh, and then they, they went on that five-game losing streak, and four of those games were against the Cardinals, who were still trying to secure a wild-card berth. Then they come home, they take care of the Mets, they win the division. After that, they get the Cardinals and the Dodgers again. So it, not only did the Brewers, by design, rest some guys and make sure they were healthy for the playoff push, the schedule also conspired against them in a way because they played a bunch of teams that still had a lot to play for. So I, I think the schedule plus what Greg just explained Plus the fact you just have to trust that Craig Council and these players know what the heck they're talking about. Like, we played the audio in our first segment together. And Craig Council was downright annoyed that he had to answer the question uh, about why the team wasn't winning and, and why he was approaching things the way that he was in the last two weeks of the season. You have to trust he knows what he's doing. You have to trust Colton Wong. When he says, we don't care. We understand that we're a damn good baseball team. We're going to be fr- fine when game one starts on Friday at AmFam Field. I-, I think it's a combination of all those things that has to give you some comfort and solace as a Brewers fan. I have been the flag bearer of these games don't matter. That being said, I do think you can go back even beyond what you were just talking about, Brian, because the last really good, solid series that they played, I would argue, was that Cleveland series on the road where they just absolutely rolled through. They then went to Detroit, got swept in a two-game series. For whatever reason, they struggled against the bad teams in the AL Central this year. They then had a two-game series against the Cubs. They took two out of three, but they had to come back into those wins. They weren't overly convincing, and then that began that run of St. Louis, New York, St. Louis and the Dodgers. They swept the series against the Mets, but there were situations there where they were coming from behind. I do think of of all the games that we just mentioned, especially from St. Louis until the end of the season, so the two St. Louis series um, and the Dodgers series, that Mets series was, was the only other series where you were playing a team that also basically had nothing to play for. And I know 
The Brewers, at some of that time, had not yet clinched the division, but they were going to. They weren't playing for a whole lot at that point. And when those games were equally yoked as they were against the Mets, the Brewers were able to win. But if you're looking for red flags, and it's not something that I'm really trying to do, but if you're really looking for red flags, I think you can probably go back to the Cleveland series to say the last time the Brewers put their best self on the on the field. So, all right, so this is a, a simple question, and it's, requires some thought but our phone lines are open at 855-616-1620 i'm just curious to know if you guys and if our fans believe the brewers are backing into the playoffs if you look at the win-loss record you could look at it and say well yeah they lost seven to ten and it's not been great uh, just given the way the regular season panned out but is that how you view it or do you take the view of no they just they had everything it was locked up right they didn't have anything to play for their position was secure it was more about keeping guys primarily healthy, the Cy Young candidate, maybe Cy Young winner, mm-hmm. pitched just two innings over the weekend. He didn't need to do any more, and, oh, by the way, the Brewers lost. When you say backing into the playoffs, the image that immediately comes to my mind is a 9-7 and NFL team, or I guess 9-8 and now because we're playing 17 weeks, uh, like a 500-football team that gets in because somebody else loses in Week 17. That's not what the Brewers are doing. They were scorching hot all season long. They clinched with a couple weeks to go. They earned the opportunity to approach the last week and a half of the season like they did. I say unequivocally no, they're not backing into the playoffs. They're division champs, for goodness sakes. They earned the chance to approach things the way they're approaching them right now. And the elephant in the room here, we've already alluded to it, is coming off the 60-game season last year. Once you're able to take your foot off the pedal when it comes to starting pitching, you had to do it. And they did, and I the, the idea is that that's going to pay out dividends once they get into uh, the postseason. Am I a little bit worried about the fact that a Brandon Woodruff and a Freddie Peralta are basically going to go two weeks without pitching in a game before opening up their postseason run? Yeah, I don't really like that. I, I thought that we would see those guys at least throw maybe an inning in the Dodgers series, but the Brewers have obviously prioritized health over everything else, so not having Woodruff and Peralta pitch, and uh, you know they'll work on the side, but it's not the same as actually actual game action, that that's a little bit concerning to me. I don't think that is the best possible scenario, and I think if they played 162 games last season, that might not have played out that way. They may have been more comfortable allowing those guys to get a little bit of work against the Dodgers, but they, they put themselves in a fantastic position. It's remarkable, by the way. I mean, nobody's even looking at to see what the final standings look like. The Brewers ended up winning the division by just five games. They had a double-digit lead for a while. That's how good the Cardinals were down the stretch, that the Cardinals ended up with a 90-win season and only five games back of the Brewers. But it doesn't matter how many games you end up winning the division by. It matters that you won it, and the Brewers won the division. They did not back into a division championship. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open for you, 855-616-1620. Let's talk to George in Pewaukee. George, you are on with Brian D., Matt Pauley, Greg Matzik. It is Brew October Nightly here on WTMJ. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Sure. What's up, Great George? Show. Um, I'm, not, I'm, I, I'm not saying anything negative about Craig Council and nothing negative about the last couple of weeks since they won the division my question is and you might have more statistics than me it seems to me as a fan the the brewers offensive lineup has been struggling even well before they won the division um 
And my, my one topic nobody's talked about, even before they won the division, how, how are these younger guys dealing with pressure? And it seems like over the last three, four weeks, the, the hitters have been swinging a lot earlier in counts. Um, they weren't taking as many pitches as they were weeks and a month prior to that. And that they, they seem like they have an offensive funk well before the division was clinched. And even losing two in a row to Detroit and only scoring one run in 18 innings for a team that should be a World Series contender doesn't feel good as a fan. It doesn't look good that even even though, yeah, you want to rest your players and all that, that they have the attitude that we're the best team in the major leagues, we're here to win a World Series, they're not acting like that. And I'm talking about more before they clinch the division. So I'll hang up and let me know what you think. George, thanks for chiming in. We appreciate it. Matt, what do you think of George's comments about the offense not struggling just in the last couple of weeks, but, but really all season long? Is there some legitimacy to that? I go so first off I look at everything since May twenty second. That's when Willie Adamas showed up. The Brewers from that point on and really from the all star break on were one of the best offensive clubs in baseball. I mentioned that Cleveland series as being the last series where I thought the Brewers put their best effort on the field. Over those three games they scored twenty one they scored twenty four runs in those three games against Cleveland. I think I would agree with the general thought process that the since then the team has not played as well offensively. Uh, they scored some runs late against the Cubs to put up pretty good uh, run scoring output there. They did fine against the Mets. Uh, but this over, I'm not worried about the overall numbers. I'm more worried about the trending numbers. The Brewers, for the most part of the second half of the season, were one of the better offensive run-scoring clubs in uh, Major League Baseball, even though their overall numbers were weighted down by their bad start. Uh, but at the same time, I think what people are seeing is this team was a team that struggled to score runs over the final two weeks of the season. And that kind of goes back to our last conversation about how much how much momentum can you take into the postseason because uh, you want them to be the team they had been, say, through the month of August, from the All-Star break through the month of August and just a little bit into September. The other thing I would say about George's call is he mentions uh, the the young guys in the Brewers roster and how they're going to handle playoff baseball. I guess my response to that, guys, would be, what guys that are young in this lineup are you concerned about? Like Willie Adamas. <laughs> he played in the World Series yeah, last year. he played year. six games in the World yeah. Series last year. <laughs> I, I guess if you want to make an argument for Luis Urias, you, you certainly can. Uh, but a lot of these guys have played big-time baseball games. So I, I'm not super concerned about experience or youth when it comes to the playoffs this year. There's a handful of guys that haven't been in these moments, but the, the guys you're going to be counting on the most have played in these big-time moments for sure. I, I am curious, and uh, you, you guys know this, and we'll communicate it to our fans here, but uh, the initial playoff roster is due bright and early tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. So uh, a couple decisions to make, and Matt, I'm curious to know what you think. I don't think there's a ton of decisions, but... Because you can alter things from one series to the next, the NLDS roster typically looks a little different than the NLCS roster and potentially World Series roster. But I'm trying to figure out how many difficult and challenging decisions David Stearns has to make. We can talk more about that later in the show, but it's something to keep an eye on here. Does JBJ deserve a spot here on the roster in the NLDS? Does it make more sense in the CS? There are some interesting questions. 
Yeah, and I believe they will have until Friday morning to make that decision. So the rosters for the wild card game, it's always the uh, it's 10 a.m. local time, the day of the first game of the series. So, for example, tomorrow uh, the two wild card teams will have to declare their wild card roster. The Brewers will have until Friday morning to be able to officially make that uh, that decision. Oh uh, yes, day of game one. That's right. Yes. So. But I think JBJ is an interesting case because there's so many people out there that say, oh, this guy has no business being on the roster, and they're looking at his performance from the year where I would argue what he's you don't, you don't put him on the roster to be a guy who's going to get starts in the outfield. You put him on the roster to be a pinch runner. You put him on the roster to be a guy that you can put in the outfield when you're leading by a run in the ninth inning. It's a very common thing. It was especially more common in the time of the conventional 40-man call-ups in September. It's a very common thing to bring a guy into the organization for September who is simply known for their speed and carry just simply a pinch runner on your playoff roster, and nobody ever gets up in arms about that guy taking a roster spot, but now we're going to get upset about Jackie Bradley Jr. basically having that role simply because he had such a miserable season. I don't think that's fair. I think you view him for what he's going to be, and it's it's not a guy who's going to get starts in the postseason. I remember talking about this with you, Matt, in 2018. We were trying to figure out if Keon Broxton had a role and we talked about the same thing dude can fly and he's got a great glove I, that that's fine that plays in the playoffs Keon Broxton's right. name you, just brought a big spot in my face. I love man. Keon, oh. but that was a, that was a thing. Like he he didn't hit a lick that particular year after the first I don't know month of the season. But if you can do something great, if you're elite at one thing, you, you got to pay attention to that kind There's of stuff. And JBJ is elite yeah. on the base pass and in the outfield. One of my favorite playoff moments of the last twenty years in Major League Baseball was Dave Roberts stealing that base in the two thousand four ALCS against yep. the Yankees in Game Four. Like Mariana Rivera's on the bump. Everybody on the planet knows Dave Roberts is stealing second base to try and get into scoring position. Dave Roberts, now the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, but at the time, he was on that Red Sox roster for one reason. It was to steal that base in Game 4, right? So if you include a guy on that roster for the Brewers this year that can do that and he makes that steal in that big-time moment, it's worth it. It's worth having him occupy that roster spot. Those are the things that Craig Council has to decide in the next couple of days. And for that reason, I actually I don't think it's much of a question. I put JBJ on a roster absolutely because of those things he can do at an elite level. We missed out. We missed out on the full level of chaos because yesterday the Yankees won, the Red Sox won, and the Giants won. Had any of those things not happened, it would have set up some game 163s. How much do we lament what we could have had today? And does this make it that much more uh, desirable to have an expanded playoff moving forward? We'll discuss that next. It's Brew October Nightly. Brew October Nightly is back. Presented by NX Wealth Management. And sponsored by Boucher Automotive, Town Bank, a Wintrust Community Bank, and Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan. We are counting down the moments until first pitch on Friday at American Family Field. We have a first pitch time, 3.37 p.m., 
That is when Game 1 between the Brewers and Braves will be played. Game 2 will be coming up on Saturday, a half hour later, a 4.07 first pitch. We continue with Brew October Nightly. We're going to be coming your way every weekday night from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock during the duration of the Brewers' playoff run. My name is Matt Pauley, Greg Matzik, Brian D. here as well. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll go to uh, Levi in Fond du Lac. Hey, Levi, thanks for calling. Yeah, no problem, guys. How are you? Good. We're good, man. Good. Just calling, um, going back to what you guys are saying about the Brewers uh, backing in to the playoffs or backing into October. Um, I'm not worried. You know, baseball is so much different than a sport like football um, or basketball where, you know, if you lose three or four or four or seven going into the playoffs, it might be a team chemistry thing, but baseball is such a mental game. I got all the confidence in the world these guys are going to snap into it uh, come Friday and we'll have a good uh, good postseason. Yeah, Levi, I appreciate the phone call. I said this before, the only thing, I think there could be a little bit of rust right at the beginning, especially when there's some pitchers who haven't pitched in a while, but more everybody's going to be dealing with that. The four days off is, is a tough thing. That being said, remember the All-Star break. They really limped into the All-Star break. They had lost a few in a row against Cincinnati. Everybody was freaking out that they were going to let Cincinnati into the race, and then they came back after the All-Star break with three more against Cincinnati and just throttled them, and really that was kind of the, the taking off point so uh if if uh history is going to repeat itself they've done a good job this year when coming off a four-day break unfortunately history has repeated itself here for devin williams too guys so he's not going to pitch for the second straight year in the postseason why what happened well <laughs> right the wall won <laughs> oh yeah, yeah the, the wall won and we're not sure why devin was frustrated but the wall won that fight uh but i also remember last year around this time we're we're, we're thinking to ourselves all right well you still got Corbin and Woody going to the mound, and then Corbin Burns was injured, and it just never materialized. And I remember the Brent Suter experiment happened, and that was pretty much the end of the Brewers' season. I, even without Williams, like, is it is it weird that I still feel pretty good no, about the weird. back end of the bullpen? And I, I know he didn't pitch well yesterday, but I, I'm looking at Aaron Ashby saying, this guy is a chess piece. He yeah. is an absolute chess piece. And when you're lefty and you can fire 98... You could even go lefty lefty into Josh Hader, but For there's sure. it, it doesn't have to be a traditional high leverage eighth inning guy in that spot. I this is where Craig Council I think is at his best. I also have some confidence based upon Craig Council being a chess player um, and doing weird things in the past. That like, would you guys be terribly uncomfortable with throwing Hager two innings? I know that sounds crazy, but when if you're in a, a do or die game. If one of the big three, Corbin, Woody, Freddie, gives you seven in game five against the Braves, and Josh has pitched three times in the series, I'll throw him out there for two innings. It could be 18 pitches for him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't feel terrible about that in the playoffs because the baseball is just different. Maybe I'm off base in saying that because you're stretching him out more than he's been stretched out in the past, but this is the situation you find you find yourselves in. You just got to find a way to win baseball games at this point, even if it means doing unconventional stuff. I think what you just said, though, is where the issue kind of exists because a week ago we looked at it and said, 
you got a lead going in the seventh inning, you know exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be Boxberger in the seventh, it's going to be Williams in the eighth, and it's going to be Hayter in the ninth. And there was no question about how it was going to look. Now there's question marks. If you have that lead in the eighth inning, I do think Ashby's going to be the guy. But are they going to have Ashby pitch on back-to-back days? I doubt it. I really doubt that we're going to see Ashby pitch back-to-back days, especially early on in the postseason. So on days Ashby's available, you have him in the eighth and Hayter in the ninth. On days that Ashby's not available, do you push a Boxberger to the eighth and all of a sudden use a Strickland or use a Cousins in the seventh inning? Do you have Hayter go two innings like you just said? There's all of a sudden a lot more questions. And, Greg, you're right. Those are the questions that Craig Council is as good as any manager in baseball at answering. But it was a nice benefit to have previously where you never had to worry about that. You knew exactly what it's going to be. And now all of a sudden you're not real sure what that seventh and eighth inning is going to look like on a day-to-day basis. So I, I preface this next comment by saying these are not my arms that I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> that being said, what are we saving for? Did we not just talk for a half an hour about how well-rested this Brewers team is, you know? Like, are we saving these guys for November where they're going to be doing nothing? And once again, I get it. Like, injuries happen. It sucks. But th- we, we had no problem in 2008 watching CC Sabathia almost throw his damn left arm off, right, every three days down the stretch. I understand that you need to be calculated in the way that you approach your bullpen, but, like, we got a month left. Figure it out. Worst case scenario, the Brewers are playing baseball, or I guess best case scenario in some case, depending on how you view it, until November 4th. You got a month from today. Game seven of the World Series is a month from today. Can your arms make it a month as professional pitchers? Once again, not my arms that I'm dealing with here. My arms, my shoulders, my Tommy John muscles, whatever the heck they are, are not going to rip or tear or whatever. But this is the playoffs, man. Any injuries, any moves count. Nothing matters. Do you think Josh Hader is going to care if his arm falls off in November, if in the other arm he's holding that weird, goofy World Series trophy that sucks? That trophy sucks. Um, but, like, he's not going to care. Like, it's all about winning at this point. So just go for it. Let it fly. I'm not worried about resting guys in the postseason. Throw your damn arms off and try and win some series here. <laughs> not my arms. <laughs> Clearly not your arms. Uh, you know, you mentioned Cousins, uh, Matt. That's an interesting one. And I'm, I guess we got a vote of confidence there with David Stern saying that, you know, he could be back. But he's been out of the mix here for a little while. So... I guess I don't know where he's going to be if he is healthy enough, but that was he one of those. He threw 95-96 at Nashville yesterday, so he should be pretty Yeah, he hit the gun, right? It's just a matter yeah. of, you know, he just hasn't been on the Major League mound in a minute, so you're going to put him into a, a CS or DS situation, more than likely DS. I think he'll be ready. Uh, it, I don't know if he's a wild card, but it's a name we just hadn't seen him pitch in a minute, and he's going to be sort of thrust into duty, assuming he's healthy enough and ready to go, which it looks like he is. That's... That's certainly a plus here after losing Devin Williams. Yeah, he's a big part. If he can regain what he was, especially early on in his time with the team, then all of a sudden that those back three innings, I think, get a, lo- a whole lot more secure because you kind of have four guys for those three innings when you include Ashby and Boxberger in there as well. I uh, want to mention what went down yesterday because we were all jacked up for the idea of just absolute chaos and multiple team play-in tournaments to try to figure out who the wild cards were going to be. And all we needed... All we needed was the Yankees to lose, the Red Sox to lose, or at least one of those two teams to lose to open up the door for, say, the Blue Jays and or the Mariners. And it could happen in the National League as well. If the Padres would have beat the Giants, the Dodgers and Giants would have been in a game uh, 163 situation. We don't get it. We don't get chaos. 
the Yankees win, the Red Sox win, the Giants win, and with that through 162 games, everything was uh, was figured out. So we were all getting excited about maybe seeing the Toronto Blue Jays force a game 163, and we don't get any of it. I wanted the Mariners in. Me too. I, just because I don't see that often. Did you guys find yourself rooting for the Mariners heck down the yeah, stretch? I, did. I sure as heck did. Did you hear the call? <laughs> of their big hit. I think it was Saturday night on the Mariners radio network. I think we've got the audio here. Producer Greg Hill behind the glass in the studios. This just screamed how awesome the playoff chase is in baseball. And quite frankly, we didn't get a whole lot of this in Milwaukee this year, these high leverage moments. I think they're still to come in the postseason, but the Brewers were comfortable for a lot of the season. I think the the most dramatic moment of the season was Daniel Vogelback's walk-off grand slam against the Cardinals, but we didn't get, oh my God, our season is alive like the Mariners did a couple of nights ago. Take a listen. You got JP's going to be flying from second. You got the bases loaded. Bowers well fouled down the third baseline. Biggest pitch of the year here for the Mariners. Three and two. Bases loaded. Ciszek, the pitch. Base hit. not done. Listen to the crap. I'm telling you, hey now, hey now, hey now. Mitch Gallagher. Wow. I mean, that is a baseball crowd. You can just tell sometimes when a crowd reaction is different. That is 50,000 people losing their ever-living minds at like 10 o'clock on a Saturday night going, oh my God, we still have a chance. I love those moments in playoff baseball. little bummed that there's no chaos, Matt. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, the more chaos, the better. Really, it's with every sport. For sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yawn. Yankees, Red Sox, mm. fine. I've seen that a million times. Yeah. Even the Mariners and Jays. Me too. Yeah, I'm with you. I hope there's a water main break at Fenway on Wednesday <laughs> or tomorrow night so both teams lose. You know? It's just, ugh. Ugh. Fit. Fantastic call by Dave Sims, by the way. I loved He's one of my favorite play-by-play guys out there. He can do any sport. He is so good, and that's fun to listen to. I'm going to throw a little water on this for just a second, though. I'm not really angry about the Mariners missing out, and this is why. Uh, and this involves a local kid in, in, in uh, Jared Kelnick. If you remember, before the season got started, their team president, who has since been fired, admitted to manipulating service time where they were going to send players down to the minor leagues for the first month of the season uh, to preserve that extra year of club control. Guys, they missed the postseason by one game. What if they would have had the attitude at the beginning of the season that we're going to try to win games from the start and not be doing service time manipulation? So in many ways, I think they deserve to miss. Oh, fine. But what about the Blue Jays? Yeah, give me the Jays, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm all in Vlad on the Blue Jays. I'm all in. in the playoffs. We need that, man. Come <laughs> on. I'm all in on the Blue Jays. I'm all in on them. But I'm, I, just, I think that's a lesson to Major League Baseball teams. The Mariners missed it by a game, and they admitted before the season to service time manipulation. That is that there is some karma right there. Fair enough. Just saying. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. One more break, and we'll wrap up the maiden voyage of Brew October Nightly. We'll be coming your way every weekday night from uh, six o'clock to uh, seven o'clock during the duration of the Brewers playoff run. Back with more in a moment. Now more of Brew October Nightly, presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive. 
Town Bank, a Wintrust Community Bank, and Delta Dental, Wisconsin's number one dental plan. I'm telling you, hey now, hey now, hey now, wow! Hey now! Dave Sims on the call. Great call. Welcome back in. It is Brew October Nightly. My name is Matt Pauly. Greg Matzik, Brian D. here as well. Off day in the postseason for Major League Baseball. American League wildcard game tomorrow night. National League wildcard game on Wednesday night. The AL Division Series will begin coming up on Thursday. And then the National League will get going in the Division Series coming up on Friday. Brewers and Braves are scheduled to begin at 3.37 coming up on Friday afternoon. And then Saturday they are scheduled for 4.07. No start times beyond that have been figured out. Uh, the... Uh, the more, probably better, for, if you want the Brewers to play a little bit later, it's probably good for other series to wrap up quickly because then that will eliminate some of those earlier uh, broadcast windows as they go through the postseason. All right, we're going to do this at the end of the program each day. We're going to call it the walk-off. Going to have a little bit of fun here at the end of the day. And, uh, Brian, you, uh, you threw out this topic to us when we were discussing earlier today. Facebook and Instagram, to uh, to so many people's uh, chagrin, was were down today. All day, all day. All if you day. tried to log into Facebook or Instagram from like I don't know 10 a.m. until like 10 minutes before our show started this evening, you were locked out. There was nothing going on on Facebook and IG today. Literally every time I logged into the Facebook app on my phone, it was the top story was a very depressing story from WTMJ, mm. and it made me sad as I had to keep seeing that same story over and over. But it's back now, and all is uh, all is good. But uh, the two have been down all day, so let's go to we always talk about expansion. Well, let's talk about shutdown for a moment. We'll go around the room. If uh, in honor of Facebook and Instagram being shut down today, if you had to shut down a single team in Major League Baseball, which one would it be? Greg, we'll start with you. You know, I try and look at it from, uh, you know, who's the boat anchor, right? Is there any path to getting the Montreal Expos back? Mm. And I don't know if there's a specific answer. So I'm going to go with this route. Any team managed by Tony La Russa should be contracted. Any See you team, later, Chicago. Any team Tony La Russa has managed should be contracted. Mm. I hope the mm. White Sox go down in a flaming blaze of glory. Wow. Or maybe, just maybe, how sweet would it be if the Brewers played and then beat the White Sox in the World Series? Yeah. Maybe that would be even more pleasing. Would a flaming blaze of glory, would like a Brewers sweep over the White Sox in the playoffs count as a flaming blaze of glory? Anything that eliminates Tony La Russa from the postseason, I'm I am for. It. I am also for any team he manages to just be excommunicated from the league. I'm good with that. Uh, my answer to this question uh, would be the Houston Astros. They were supposed to get excommunicated a couple of years ago for what they tried to do in terms of cheating their way through the Major League Baseball playoffs on the way to a World Series championship. And then Major League Baseball decided to do absolutely nothing about it. So this is their punishment. They are gone, Matt Pauly. The Houston Astros. Houston, we have a problem. We're sending them to the moon or somewhere else to play baseball. All right. I'm surprised nobody went with I guess in a way Greg went with the Oakland A's because Tony La Russa did at one point manage Oakland, but that was not a direct statement from Greg. Oakland, I think, is going to end up in Las Vegas, though, so we can't get oh. rid of them because that's going to probably be a really uh, really fun situation, assuming that they don't get the stadium deal worked out in Oakland. I'm going to go. I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to go with a couple teams because I'm going to go with the, the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm-hmm. I am sick. I am sick of watching teams that show no desire to win. 
The Cincinnati Reds, despite their front office's best efforts, played really good baseball for much of the season last year after they were in full sell-off mode during the regular season. And just because nobody wanted to buy this year, they ended up not being able to sell off all the parts that they would have liked to. They had no interest in winning. The Pittsburgh Pirates never have any interest in winning. We can And look, we can throw some other teams in there. There are, there are a lot of teams in Major League Baseball that seemingly don't try to win, but I'm just targeting those two since they're in the NL Central. I get very frustrated with the teams that just make the decision that they're not even going to attempt to win baseball games. Pittsburgh makes me sad because PNC Park is my favorite ballpark in baseball. It's a phenomenal place to watch a game, but Matt says they're out of Major League Baseball, so uh, we can no maybe, longer go games Combine there. forces? Can sure. you make a good team out of that? A mega team maybe? between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. <laughs> the, good the, enough for third place in the, the division. Yeah, the, good enough. The Pyreds. Well, that's not bad. That's, not that's actually good. really good. I'll that's, wave the mark feet. That's it. We're done. I, yeah, can't beat that. That is how we wrap things up. All right, that's going to do it for this edition. We are going to be back with you tomorrow, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Man, I hope we are doing this for the next month because that means the Brewers have had a very, very deep playoff run. It is Brew October Nightly coming your way, indeed, nightly, 6 o'clock to uh, 7 o'clock. For Greg Matzik, for Brian D., I'm Matt Pauley. We will talk to you again tomorrow for edition number two of Brew October Nightly.